This is the Happen to Your Career Podcast, episode 139, Patience in the Evolution of Your Career. <laughs> Good luck, patience. I was adamant about going to college and I wanted to make a lot of money because my parents didn't have a lot of money in general. Yeah. Uh, and so I kept going like, I'm going to be a millionaire. I said that when I was eight. And really going, is this what the rest of my life is going to look like? And, yes. and we've got you on now. So it, oh, it's, it's even better. We're increasing <laughs> quality by the minute. Always ready. Hey, HTYCers. If you've been struggling to figure out work that fits you, then join our eight-day free mini course. All you have to do is text HTYC to 38470. That's HTYC to 38470 or simply visit figureitout.co. That's figureitout.co. See you there. This has happened to your career. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and then make it happen. Whether you're looking to do your own thing or find your dream job, you've come to the right place. I'm Scott Barlow. Hey, this is Scott Anthony Barlow, and you are listening to Happen to Your Career. This is the show that helps you figure out what work fits you by exploring others' stories. We get to bring on experts like Taylor Pearson, who combined his passion for helping others and his obsession with systems to help other business-minded people build their own internal systems. And then, of course, there's people like Clark Vandevittner, who has freed himself from the fear of failure and designed an epic lifestyle for himself and his family. Now, there's also people just like you that have gone from where they are to what they really want to be doing. And they're people that are just like our next guest, Jamie Masters. And this is this is a fun conversation, fun conversation because I've gotten to work with Jamie off and on as a, she's been my coach um, and just been able to witness what she's done over the last number of years and seeing the evolution of, of her own business and, and how she helps people too. So in this conversation, we talk about the importance of being completely honest with yourself to see what you need to do to actually get where you want to go with your career. And then we talk about how strengths, oh, and this is this is uh, fascinating. We actually talk about how specifically all of the hundreds of millionaires that she has interviewed say the same thing over about strengths. So you've got to hear what that is. And then we talk about that when you're when you're starting a new job or career or side hustle, it's it's this in the beginning. And it starts out the same way for everybody in the beginning. So you have to under, hear what that is and understand, and be able to be able to learn and know that. So we're gonna we're gonna get to all that and a lot more. Okay, so I, I got to tell you just a little bit about her because she's the author of of eventual millionaire and a host of the podcast by the same name. She's made a name for herself by following her passion, and as it turns out, not the money. Uh, ironically, she's already been on the other side of that. And her story starts with a six-figure income career out of, straight out of college and a big spending habit to boot. And and by the time she was 24, she hated her job and she was over $70,000 in debt. And this might sound like a whole bunch of other people's stories too. Guess what? This wasn't uh, wasn't that far from my own story. But after she realized that 
The enjoyable life was worth far more than a million dollars. She made it her mission to get out of debt and find work in a life that she loved. So now she's a successful business coach. She helps entrepreneurs focus their money and their strengths to create an amazing life while they build their net worth. She also gets to interview tons of millionaires to get their best tips, tactics, advice, and we talk about a bunch of those. Okay, without further ado, let me introduce you to Jamie Masters. Jamie, this has been a long time coming, way too long coming, but welcome to, welcome to Happen to Your Career. Thank you so much for actually having me on. I thought you were just avoiding, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. We may have had a false start once or twice. It, uh, you know, not to point any fingers, but uh, I've got my finger above my head, uh, had a had a tech issue and had to back out. So you're, you're here, you're here finally, and I'm so very excited to talk to you in, in this context. Me too. We, uh, what I would really, really, really love to do is really talk about, I know you, I know you never talk about you ever, but I want to spend a little bit of time talking about you and your story because it's, it's so very interesting. And I think HTYCers are absolutely going to, going to love it because, uh, well, you, you've got a bunch of things that you do now. In fact, I'll, what, how on earth do you describe, I just realized this right before we hit the record button, but how do you even quantify what it is that you do now? Yes, exactly. It's a it's an amalgam. No, yeah. uh, it's funny. The way that I, I that people can understand it way easier is I'm a business coach. So I've been a business coach for over ten years now, which is insane. Um, but I also interview millionaires, and that usually is the thing that people get excited about. That is the thing that people get excited about. Why do you think that is? After doing that for a while. So it's the same reason why I started it is because um, I always thought that they had some super secret sauce or something like that, right? We, we feel like they're different than us and we want to learn the reasons why. Uh, that's not the case, I don't think. Uh, but that's the reason why I wanted to do it. Like, ooh, tell me what they're doing that I should be doing that would make me better, faster, stronger. Uh, so we hold them up on a pedestal. And not that we shouldn't. They're, they're amazing people. At least the ones that I interview are like have integrity and are amazing, not crazy, greedy people. Uh, but uh, what's insane is that they're not, they don't put themselves on a pedestal. It's not about that at all. So it's mostly our own brain space that's like, oh, they're there and I'm here. That's not the case at all. That is really interesting. I really want to dive into that for a couple of different reasons, uh, especially just even the the perception about millionaires. And you sort of touched on that right in there. I want to get into all that, but I, I really would love to find out, you know, how, how did this all start for you? Because you haven't always interviewed millionaires. You haven't always been a business coach, although it's been a little while now. <laughs> it makes me feel old, I know. 34, man. Uh, but so it's funny because I, just like your listeners, I'm assuming I was... I was adamant about going to college and I wanted to make a lot of money because my parents didn't have a lot of money in general. Yeah. Uh, and so I kept going like, I'm going to be a millionaire. I said that when I was eight, right? Like eight year old little girl, I'm going to be a millionaire. And my mom goes, well, then you should marry a rich man. And I'm like, uh-uh, like, no way. That's to me and my little stubbornness as a little girl. I'm like, I'm not going to have anybody take care of me. I'm doing it myself. Um, so I went on that premise and like went to a really great school. Um, I even got a six figure job right out of college. So I was 22 making six figures. And like, normally people would be like, well, that's the dream, right? I was like, great. And then I had this quarter life crisis <laughs> that like, no offense, but not exactly. I worked for a cable company. Well, it was a, a video on demand company yeah. as a project manager. 
and I was gone all the time. I would literally work like 70 hours a week, even even when I was pregnant. Like they didn't care. They like still made me work a ton. And really going, is this what the rest of my life is going to look like? And it was really sad. I mean, it, unfortunately, I was also sort of attached to the money uh, back then, which is sort of the whole point of why I call my stuff eventual millionaire. Now I don't care how long it takes. <laughs> it's about my life first and then money. And before I was putting money first and I hated my life, not hated it, but like I did not like my job. Um, I was good at it. And that always comes with some rewards, but, um, but it wasn't fulfilling in any way. And so after spending a ridiculous amount on college and then was in tons of debt, I was like, well, now great. <laughs> like I make all this money, but I apparently spend it all too. And I had gotten myself in such a hole that I couldn't actually quit. Like I was stuck in doing this job I didn't like just because any other job wouldn't pay me as much. All right, so let's talk about that for a minute because that's yes. that's right in the place where a lot of our listeners are at. That's that's right in the place where we've got, I get emails from people all the time where they feel like they're stuck there and in that in that place they can't quit because they've got a bunch of debt or they've racked up you know other responsibilities, whatever it is, and then they feel like, okay, there's no way out of this. So I'm curious... Yeah, you you just said, hey, uh, you know, I'm sitting there questioning, is this all there is uh, in life? This cannot look like this for the rest of my life. But what what led you down the path then to say, okay, there has to be something different than this, and I can make it happen, even though you're feeling stuck. Well, you know, it's funny, and this is, and maybe this is a female thing, I don't know, but I was just like, I was being a martyr, right? And so uh, at the time, my husband was like, you could, you should quit, and I'm like, you have no. My, he was a professional juggler. I'm like. I cannot quit. Okay. <laughs> like I can't, I, we, we're in too much. Um, and, but then I wanted to have children yeah. and because I traveled so much, I was like, well, I'm not going to travel if I have a baby. Like I can't like, as soon as I sort of saw it from outside of me, right. The, the mother I wanted to be, yeah. um, it, it all became clear of what I had to do. Not that I necessarily wanted to, I was willing to sort of go all in and just like be that martyr and like, I'm going to do this and I'll be a millionaire and it'll suck. <laughs> um, but, but as soon as I was like, I really want to have a child and I don't want to bring a child into the world that is never going to see their mom. And I couldn't bring them with me. So there was just something I just had to do something. It was the catalyst for change. So being able to go and looking outside yourself. And it was kind of sad that it took something outside of myself to do it. I wish I had the guts to have done it on my own, but I also didn't know that many people in business that had succeeded. My dad tried business and failed. Uh, so I didn't have very, very many good, uh, examples in my life. Uh, so I thought that the corporate route was the way to go, but babies will change everything as you know, Scott. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't realize that about you, that you didn't have very many, I don't know, what do you want to call them? Business role models. <laughs> no, at the, at the beginning no not year. really. No. <laughs> and I mean, that was very much my story too. Like I, I had a business in college and it was really, really successful. And then I sold it off so that I could go get a real job <laughs> because all the Isn't people that, that sad? I, We're like, so oh, sad. real, quote unquote, real means crappy. You should, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, yeah, but it depends, you know? Yeah. But I, I mean, I had those expectations. So I don't know. I didn't realize that that was a, that was a bit of your story too. So what changed? Then um, you, you went through and you, you, you said, OK, I have to do this. But saying I have to do this is different than actually doing it. Definitely. So, uh, how did, how so did that happen? 
I am an action taker at least. So the the great thing was, uh, well, you avoid what you don't want to see, right? So the debt thing was the the main problem, right? Problem number one, I can't quit because there's no way I could pay these bills. Uh, we had a $250,000 house, um, which I didn't need when I was, tw- I was 24 when I quit. So yeah, I was 24 when I was going through all this. Yeah. Um, who needs a $250,000 house when they're 24? But anyway, uh, I wanted everything that my parents, I'm an overachiever. I wanted everything that everybody had in advance. And of course I got credit for it because I had a six figure job. So, um, my very, very first thing was being extremely honest and adding up how much I owed. So I owed over $70,000 in debt. Now that included student loans also. I was like 26,000 in student loans. But that's a lot to be 24 years old and have that along with a mortgage. Uh, and a husband who had a, a variable income. So we didn't know when, I mean, he made okay money uh, for what he did, but we didn't know exactly, like summers were good and winters were horrible. So having no consistency was really rough too. So looking at that number though, I remember, I remember so well the, the date and time that I wrote all of those things down and I felt like an idiot. <laughs> so no matter how much success I had, I was like, how did I let myself, these were my choices yeah. and you kind of have to swallow them. <laughs> like, oh, that was dumb. I'm the one that painted myself in a corner and I was the only one that could help me get out again. So at that point it was like, okay, no idea how long this is going to take, but if I don't start now, it's definitely not going to go away. Um, and I'm a willing to do whatever it takes kind of gal. So, uh, you know, the Scott, I'm like, I will sell the car. So, uh, we started reading a bunch of books, Susie Orman, Dave Ramsey, that sort of stuff on, on the debt side. I started learning as much as I possibly could. Uh, we ended up $18,000 of that money was a car, um, that I had just bought literally two months before. Um, which is silly. It was brand new. <laughs> and I, we made sort of the hardcore, decision to sell it. Not that my husband was on board at first because he was definitely not, but uh, I finally got him to come around and taking that huge, massive action, we still had to buy a car and we still needed, we didn't have the cash. So we, we got a $7,000 car. Um, but being able to take off $11,000 in debt that quickly was this huge jump start that made me feel like we could do it. And then we laid out the plan of how many months it would take uh, and like, long story short, I mean, it was working extra hours, selling everything we owned, like doing whatever it took. Uh, ex-husband, well, he's an ex-husband now, but the husband at the time, uh, he would do website jobs on the side. I knew that if I traveled, I would make more money per day. I would save like my expense money and like buy food and bring it home. Like I was one of those people grocery shopping, like everything was uh, figured out beforehand on a budget. We were just super hardcore and we were able to pay it off in 16 months, which is insane. Um, but working your butt off. And thankfully I had a big shovel as Dave Ramsey says. So, um, we had uh, quite a bit of income coming in and selling everything. (laughs) It was really helpful too. Now I'm curious, what's one of the things that you sold that was either odd or big? Uh, we had a, the year before, so this is me and my spending habits, right? The year before I bought, uh, my husband at the time, a, uh, CJ seven, a Jeep CJ seven. We were yeah. part of the Jeep club. Yep. 
And it was three or four thousand dollars. We actually made money on it. I was quite impressed with that. Um, but it was his his Christmas present. He only used it for like six months before we sold it. But whatever, it was fun. I was like, we can buy another one later. Um, and I sold my kayak. Uh, we sold like everything that we could go. It, we sold everything we could. Wine racks, like random stuff, computers, monitors. Not that we had like a ridiculous uh, amount of stuff, but it really started to add up when you got rid of it. And it feels really kind of cathartic to get rid of all that stuff too because it's just to me it's just stuff you know yes it does i know that feeling <laughs> yes, you're does. like oh i'm doing something and i'm making progress and i don't have a whole bunch of crap all over my house yeah. how lovely no it's not laying around and taking up space and yeah absolutely so then with the with you, you sell all the stuff you start chipping away at that 18 months later, what did you say? 18 months? 16 months? 16, 16, yep, 16 months. months. I had an extra two months. Still impressive, but not, <laughs> not 16. So 16 months later, you've got all this stuff paid off. And then how does that, how does that put you in a position to be able to move forward? So my whole goal was to quit my job. I thought I wanted to be a stay at home mom. Um, turns out I can't like I'm, I need, I worked part time when the kids were younger. Um, but I went on this, <laughs> like uh, soul searching craziness to be like, okay, what do I want to do with my life? And so that's sort of where I came on the, the stay at home mom side. The thing is, and I, this is sort of something that I wish I would have done knowing what I know now. Um, it was so about the getting out of debt and I got pregnant within those 16 months too, by the way. So we actually had a hard deadline. <laughs> we were like, okay, baby's coming. All right, we, we kind of have to have this figured out. So I, I didn't quit until um, my son was four months old um, because insurance and that sort of thing, too. We were afraid, like, if the baby had issues, um, we didn't want to quit right before and all that sort of stuff. So we stayed on a little bit after um, my maternity leave when I came back. Um, but then after maternity leave, I was like, I don't know that I can be a stay-at-home mom because my son had colic horribly bad, like cried all the time. And I'm like, oh, I don't know that this, you know, 24 hours a day is great. So then I started looking into other options as far as, okay, what am I going to do with my life? Especially because, and, and if your audience does have kids or even if they, they don't yet and want them, um, there's an interesting thing going from making good money or being the breadwinner or even just, you know, having a title, uh, to not, because I was like, I have no identity anymore. Everyone was like, oh, you're Finley's mom. And I'm like, yeah, that's sure, what I do. Sure. Great. Um, and so I felt like I had the baby that I wanted, but I also didn't have the, the purpose in life anymore, uh, which sucks. I mean, I don't know if you sort of did that, Scott, but you're just like, um, I know there's something better. Uh, thankfully, I didn't have to go to a job I hated anymore. I was just dealing with a screaming. He's wonderful now. He's almost 10. <laughs> He's wonderful now. Uh, but um, but didn't really know uh, what I wanted to do. And that's a that uncertainty really feels icky, especially for someone like me. That's a planner that really wants to know my whole life planned out. I thought I had my whole life planned out and this really shook it up. Does that make sense? Oh, it totally makes sense. And I, I had, I remember, let's see, it's been, I can't remember how many years ago at this point, but I, I experienced that to some degree because I, I quit my job without having another job. And then we lived off savings for about like three, three, four months, something along those lines, yep. which at first felt wonderful. And then I was like hanging out with the kids at the park every day and all yep. kinds of stuff like that. And then at some point I had, I don't know, the umpteenth person asked me what I do for a living. And then it's like, uh, well... 
You know? Exactly. I felt the exact same way. Um. <laughs> and for a dad, it's probably a little different too. I could be like, I'm a stay at home mom. And everyone's like, oh, okay, that's acceptable. You're like, so I stay home with the kids. And everyone's like, oh, great. Especially quite a few years ago. You know, it's, oh, it wasn't oh, much yeah. of a thing. Oh, yeah. Hey, if I could interrupt for just a second, I really want to share this story with you. So I want you to meet Suzanne. I'm Suzanne Waslu Adams. I live with my husband and our two dogs in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Now, Suzanne's been working in the same job for quite a while now. For the last 10 years, I've worked as a color lab technician. Before she found us, though, in our eight-day course, she, well, here she is. I knew I needed a change. I had some ideas about what I wanted out of a career, but I felt unfocused and couldn't bring myself to finally making a decision. Does that sound familiar at all? Because I know I've been there. What amazed me the most about working through the course was the insight I gained about myself. Upon completing the exercises, I discovered that I needed to be producing detail-oriented, creative work that reflected who I am. Now, I thought this was pretty cool when she dropped me an email about her decision and what the course did for her. The course helped me gain clarity, and I figured out that I want to be running a business that showcases my creative spirit. Since then, I've created an action plan with steps that lead to self-employment and work that I love. Now, Suzanne wants to take her artwork that she does, and it's pretty amazing, and turn that into a business. And that is awesome for her because that's what she figured out that she wants. Now, if you want to figure out what you want, here's all you have to do. You can go ahead and go to figureitout.co. That's figureitout.co. Or you can text HTYC to 38470. That's HTYC. Text it on over to 38470. And we'll get you enrolled in the course for free. So, so what happened next for you then? So, <laughs> colic. No. Um, so, the, so there was the colic phase, and then the post-colic oh, phase. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Both my children had colic, which is why I'm so like. Uh, yeah. um, so, so it was a lot of soul searching. Um, it was uh, what I did for a little while is I because I was a project manager before I ended up sort of hiring myself out as a freelance project manager to some friends of mine that had me work 10 hours a week, 10, 15 hours a week. Um, and I was making good money per hour there. Also, they and they brought me to David Letterman because they were uh, they created viral videos online way back when. Uh, so I got uh, it was really fun. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. What? Yeah, I know, right? Uh, so Absolutely. they, uh, they're called EP Bird. They did the Diet Coke and Mentos videos way back when. Yeah. <laughs> kind of crazy. Yeah. And so they were on Letterman. We got to go on the early show. They're, so I worked with them and they were like, do you want to come? I'm like, yes, I do. Babysitter. So uh, that was really fun. And that's sort of what opened my eyes to what is possible. Because they were from a town of 2,000 people in Buckfield, Maine, right? So there's random, there's deer and moose and that's about it. <laughs> um, and they had this viral video and it went crazy. Um, and they were on a bazillion TV shows and they started this sort of media company and that's how they um, started with me. Uh, or that's how I got hired there. So I sort of started seeing like what was available and then I started going like, well, what do I want in life? And of course, this is, you know, crazy question. I read all the books. I tried to do everything. And I remember, because especially way back then, like coaching was, I thought it was stupid. Now I know <laughs> this is a hardcore logic type gal. Uh, so there was like reality shows on life coaching. And I was like, I don't know that that's really me. Um, but one of the things that I found was um, one of my strengths 
is helping people. So people, especially when I was going through getting out of debt, I had tons of friends that would ask me tons of questions. I helped them get out of debt. Um, everything that I did, I always had people coming to me asking me for advice. Because I, again, overachiever, like that kind of thing. Um, and I remember sitting down, I was actually on a cruise with, uh, with some friends of ours. And I was like, man, I was giving him some advice because he had um, a theater. And I knew some marketing and stuff like that too. Um, and here I was like, I wish I could do this all day long. And, and he's like, you can, you could be like a coach or something. I was like, coaches are dumb. And he's, so Stupid. sorry, Scott. Yeah, I know. I had such a, I had such a thing against them. Uh, and so I thought about it for a while and I went, you know what, I'm going to take this training um, because I think the skills that you can learn as a coach are really, really good. Uh, like active listening and, and that sort of stuff and, and personal development wise. So even if I don't ever do anything with coaching, going down this path of learning more is just going to be beneficial for my children, right? So I'll be a better mom. Um, it'll just help me in general. And so I started going down that path and that was like a six month or something program. And I felt like I was doing something. I think that's sort of the thing. Like I, I had just gotten so antsy with not doing something that was furthering. I, again, I was still doing project management stuff, but I didn't really want to do that long term. I really wanted to start something more. Yeah. And within that, um, I ended up, because again, I lived in Maine at the time. So middle of nowhere, um, there was one coach or one business coach. The life coaches around there weren't making a lot of money. <laughs> so I didn't like, you know, I didn't uh, go and chat with them. But one of the business coaches was doing really, really well. And I, I went up to him um, or I emailed him just randomly um, and was like, hey, I just moved to the area. I would love to meet you. I'm looking to get into coaching also. And I was 24 and he's like this 65 year old guy that has sold a million dollar business, like has been coaching when coaching wasn't that popular, uh, way back then. And he'd been doing it for like four years and I was so intimidated by him. I was just like, Oh, <laughs> he invited me to, to come for a chat. So we chatted for like two or three hours. It was kind of insane. At the end, I was like, thank you so much. He was extremely helpful. Super awesome. I sent him a thank you card. And he emails me back and he was like, I am so impressed that you hand wrote a thank you card for me. I was like, well, I really, really appreciate the fact that you spent that much time with me. Like I'm a young kid and, and nobody really did that uh, for me beforehand. Now, my, my uh, former husband had a mentor when he started. So being a performer and professional juggler, he's always had a mentor. Um, and to me, I didn't even think of that. Like it wasn't like, I don't know, I my in my profession you didn't get mentors that was kind of weird so he asked me he's like why don't we chat again um I was looking for uh to apprentice someone and I was like what <laughs> no way so what he had been looking for was somebody he wanted eventually somebody to take over his business so he wanted somebody to train uh and to work with him so I ended up working for free for him for six months um, and learning all of this because I didn't have a lot of experience in business beforehand. Like I was freelancing, but to me that wasn't, um, business. And so 
going in and, and learning everything was like drinking from a fire hose. He had me do everything. All that stuff that gets you outside of your comfort zone that you don't want to do, that you never make yourself do, right? So he had me cold calling. He had me going to these things. I'm like scared 24-year-old that turns bright red. Uh, I was way more of an introvert then. Uh, but doing six months with somebody every day, like learning the ropes was insane. So I would help him with tech problems. I was like, we traded. I worked for free for almost 20 hours a week for six months. And then I became a coach underneath him. Thankfully, I had him too. So just in case, like, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. He was right there uh, for me. Um, but I worked for him for almost two years underneath him. And thankfully, it was more of like a laid back um, type of arrangement. So I got my own clients and then I just gave him a cut. So I had to prospect and sell and essentially be my own thing, except he took a large chunk of it. <laughs> but it was great because I didn't know uh, if I was going to be any good at this. And he really was there to teach me the ropes. So I feel like I got an MBA in those two years without having to go back to school. Okay. There's so much. So much. I know I kept talking. I know no, no, I'm an interviewer too. I know what you were going through. <laughs> I know. It's, it's almost painful <laughs> in the best possible way. Now... Okay, so I want to start with the fact that you were working for free. Yes. That is both scary, I think, to a lot of people that are that are listening to this, and then also fantastic at the same time. One, because it seems like it, it put you in, in that kind of opportunity where you could, as you called it, you know, get the get the MBA in a in a short period of time. Um, but also it sounds like that wouldn't have been possible without some of the other other building blocks in place, like paying off the debt and whatever else, right? Oh, definitely. No, there would have been no way that I would have been able to do that. And that's the thing that I think is important. Like, I wanted it to be a win-win for him. And it, who says no to somebody who's an overachiever that's rare and ready to go, that's like, I will show up, I will help you with all your tech problems. Like, I wanted it to be a no-brainer for him to go, yes. Because he was looking for somebody 45, by the way. He's like, you're 24, and you look like you're 17. I got carded for movies. <laughs> for movies when I was 24. And I had kids, or I had one kid. Movies, right? So what business owner is going to take me seriously? Uh, so it was not what he expected, of course, but I was... Uh, like I said before, I'm sort of one of the people that like, I want to do whatever it takes. If I can figure out a way to make it work, I will. And I've actually, a couple of the millionaires that I've interviewed have done the exact same thing. They're like, I will work for free for you for three months, or I will work for, even if it's only a few hours a week, you really moving forward and going, I'm going to do this no matter what, <laughs> help me, uh, is inspiring, ridiculously inspiring. Cause most people don't, aren't willing to take that step. Now, thankfully, I did still do a lot of the PM work, not a lot, but um, probably like five or 10 hours a week. So I had some money coming in because I had to put the kids in childcare. And I was like, great, I'm losing money. Uh, funny story, quick story about that. Yeah. I ended up getting the childcare, the Montessori school. I ended up getting them as a client and just doing an even trade. So it was $1,000 a month uh, for childcare for both my kids. And then it was free. And I was like, oh my gosh, I built the skill set so that way I didn't have to pay for childcare. I was like, this is the best ever. And then I could make money on top of that. So the working for free totally paid off <laughs> long term because I was able to get uh, get money out of it somehow, even though I wasn't uh, charging at the beginning. Where do you think a lot of that comes from? Because I've been trying to figure out, uh, I don't know, for the length of time that I've known you. And then also as I was you know, prepping for our conversation today, like where that comes from for you, 
that sort of, hey, look, I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to make this work and I'm going to do things like be willing to, I don't know, make a proposition for uh, a trade for daycare and, and whatever else. Like, where does that come from for you? That is a great question. I've asked myself that too. So I, I found two, in general, two things. Uh, and I'm not going to get all therapy wise here, but, but I had a brother who always told me I wasn't good enough. Always, always like super horrible for my self-esteem when I was younger, but made me go the opposite direction. So I was like, I'm going to be better than him. <laughs> like I'm going to prove that I am better. Um, so it's funny because growing up, like uh, being in his shadow, he was always better at art than me. And I did art. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I just worked my butt off to try and be better than him. And then I got, he was in computers and I got a job in computers cause that came pretty naturally to me too. And I worked my butt off to get better than him. And so, um, I don't know if that's the only piece. I'm also, um, very left and right brain. So like I said, I went from art to computers. I have, I started out, uh, in college as an art major in medical illustration, cause I can do that. And then I'm also super, uh, left, left and right brain both. So I can do sort of both things. So I'm love solving problems creatively. It's like a little thing for me. I don't know. I never knew that was my strength beforehand. It's kind of funny as you start going down this business path, you're like, what am I actually good at? I had no idea I was good at interviewing. Yeah. No, no idea what you're good at until you start doing it. And you're like, wow, I'm pretty darn good at this, but finding solutions. I, I am a, um, list checker offer. I love getting things done. I feel accomplished when I do that. I'm an overachiever. And I think a lot of it is just from like proving myself every day when I was little, which now like my brother apologizes that he was so horrible to me when I was younger, but I'm like, well, you know what? I mean, I think it kind of worked out either way. (laughs) So far, so good. (laughs) Oh, that is hilarious. What, uh, what kind of art were you into at the time? Oh, I did realism. So it's funny. If you come to my house, Scott, you came to Austin, but you didn't come to my house. Oh, I've painted yeah. everything in my house. So every really? every painting on my walls is one that I did. So now I just do it for fun. Because they couldn't make... When I started in art, I literally am so slow when I had <laughs> drawing and stuff because I'm a perfectionist. Yeah, um, I, it, I was working 60 to 70 hours in college trying to get my art done in time for when they were due. Um, and I switched to computers and it was like 16, 20 hours a week. I ended up working full time and going to school full time for uh, computers because it was so much easier than art. Isn't that funny? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is that is hilarious. Do, do you see then that with... Uh, well, I actually, no, I'm curious about... Uh, about the people that you interview, the people that fall into that millionaire category, do you see a lot of that same thing that really balanced kind of creative slash? uh, Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) No. Uh, So one thing that I can say, though, uh, is that they know their strengths. So like I was saying, like, that's uh, it's funny because I I did a, a speech Actually, I was on stage with like a billionaire. Gary Vaynerchuk was was there too, and yeah. um, <laughs> I was the only girl. What a surprise! And <laughs> and it was really interesting because they had me do research on how what it takes to go from a million to ten million. So I called a bunch of people um, that were millionaires that I interviewed that have done that, and I asked them, "What's the one thing? You know, tell me one thing that really makes all the difference." Uh, and they said, "Knowing their strengths, knowing what they are good at, and knowing what they aren't good at." And what's amazing, I know this is what you do too, Scott. Like, it's crazy 
to really start to understand what you're good at. So the things that millionaires know is that I'm good at this. I'm not good at this. I need somebody else to do this for me. Does that make sense? Oh, it, it totally makes sense. I'm just letting you go because uh, <laughs> my audience has heard me say this a bunch of times and it's so, <laughs> it's, it's so gratifying to hear you say so it. Too, so. say. <laughs> keep, keep preaching, keep preaching. <laughs> that's amazing. It's Love so it. funny because it seems so intangible. Oh, yeah. I think that's this thing that's so tough. Uh, I remember when I didn't know what I wanted to do and everyone's like, well, figure out what you're good at. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm good at a lot of, I was good at computers, but I kept categorizing it in what we, typically categorize it in like, oh, I'm good at marketing. I am good at computers. I am good at this. But when you really start diving deeper, like you, you do is like, what type of personality, what's innate in me that I'm good at? I didn't know I was good at creative and, and logic. Like it wasn't a, I just knew I liked art and computers, which apparently is rare, but I didn't know that. Um, and so when you start going down that path, you're like, oh, huh. I didn't know I was good at that. Oh, that's interesting. And people will tell you things over and over, just like um, just like me trying to figure out about coaching. People kept coming to me asking me for advice. And I was like, oh, yeah, people just do that. And they're like, that's not normal. I'm like, I didn't know that wasn't normal. Like, I thought people just did that because that's, you know, if I know how, I might as well explain to them how. Um, but like you said, it's really knowing, like, how do you know what you're necessarily good at versus what you're not? Well, I worked for free for a guy for a really long time to find out if I was good at this or I, I have this no matter what, like, let's figure it out attitude um, just innately. If you don't have that, that's totally fine, too. But you've got something that really, really is better than everybody else. And that's the thing that I think um, we need to recognize and capitalize on, because when you think of a career or a business in general, there are so many pieces and parts that you have to learn about yourself. And I know it's a little squishy. That makes it a little like, oh, great, personal development. Yay. Um, but the evolution of who you are as a human being will change as you keep making these hard decisions, as you keep going, I'm going to test this. I'm going to see if I'm good at this. I might fail completely and that's okay. I mean, I've had a bunch of business ideas that have were horrible, like an iPhone app that did squat. I had a provisional patent that was crappy. Um, and thankfully, now that I interview millionaires, I know that they go through the exact same thing. So failure is, is definitely welcomed. I'm sure you talk about that too. But being able to take the next steps and the next steps and learn from each one of them, that's the evolutionary process as a human being anyway. You might as well do it creating the life that you want. I love that for a lot of different reasons. <laughs> Yay, good. <laughs> I agree with it, and obviously I'm a little biased, but I am, I'm really curious, though, for, for you, do, you. do you think that period of time, that two years where you were sort of forced to get really, really uncomfortable, was that, you know, when you were working for the coach and, and everything else along mm -hmm. those lines, I heard you say, okay, now I had somebody telling me I had to go Coca-Cola, and I had to go do this stuff, and yep. before that, I was... A, I was uh, really an introvert. So is is that kind of the, was that one of the big pieces for you or were there other really big things along the way that really forced you to make some of those changes and evaluate that in some of the same ways that you're talking about now? So I couldn't do it for myself at the time. So, so that's why I needed him. So I had tried to do things on my own and, yeah. and, I'm a smart person, like in general, like I'm pretty smart, but I couldn't 
I wouldn't do the hard things. I was also dealing with two children with colic. So, or, or I, sorry, I had my second one while I was, uh, while I was working with him. But beforehand it was like, I didn't feel like I had the mental capacity to even make those decisions and and hold myself to them. Um, Though I do remember going to my first networking event, and this is sort of the before and after that I can show you. And you know me, Scott, now, so it's it's funny to, I don't really talk about this all that much. My first networking event, I walked in and there was 200 people there. And I felt like an ant. I was like, I I didn't also know really what I was doing business-wise. Like I was kind of project managing and I was kind of coaching, but I kind of wasn't because I didn't have any clients. And anyway, I felt like an idiot (laughs) because I didn't want to talk to anyone. I like got my food because it was like one of those kind of things because I think there was a speaker. Got my food and sat down and like kind of talked to the guy next to me. And that's about it. (laughs) Like ran out of there going, I never want to do that again. That was horrible. (laughs) Um, which is so funny if you know me now, oh, yeah. because that's oh, my right. sweet spot, my network, like that is my thing now. Um, so it's so funny to sort of see the before and after. And there's a couple things that really, um, I learned along the way in order to make that transition. But one of them, like you were saying, is, is really getting used to putting yourself in uncomfortable situations. So that's number one, cause your comfort zone to me grows as you do more of it. Right. Like if I go to 100 networking events after 100 times, it's not going to be scary anymore. Right. Just because you know what to expect. Like it's not uncertain anymore. It's certain. Hopefully after Same. like 47. It's the yeah, let's hope. Oh, my gosh, 100 is way too many. Uh, take way too long. But same thing with sales calls. Same thing with speaking, public speaking, anything. I was, you know, I turned bright red. I did Toastmasters because I turned bright red when I speak and it's like splotchy. So it looks like I have hives <laughs> and people freak out. It's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> seriously and, but what's so funny is like that stopped yeah. me for a long time I was like well I can't speak because people will think I'm like <laughs> going into shock or something you know um and now I'm like whatever I mean I remember in Toastmasters they told me they're like you should wear a turtleneck because it's very distracting I'm like what am I supposed to do like thankfully that was in Maine I live in Austin now I can't wear a turtleneck yeah, I was gonna say, don't speak in the summer or in Austin at all <laughs> So now, like now I, I'm keynoting in Australia in a couple of months. Like I will speak in front of, it doesn't matter. Thank goodness when you have a bigger audience, they're not so close. So they can't see it as much either. <laughs> but like I learned my lesson to, uh, I would say it at the beginning of my speeches, I might turn red. Don't worry. It's not a thing. It just happens. Ignore it. <laughs> uh, just so I could get past some of that stuff. And so as you start taking those things and as your comfort zone starts growing, it you would achieve more just because things are more comfortable with what you do. And so having Kirk, who is my mentor, make me make my comfort zone bigger, right? Those cold calling, oh my gosh, I did not want to do that. Especially because when I was 17, I worked for Kirby Vacuum Cleaner as telemarketing. And I was like, this is the stupidest, horriblest thing in the entire world. So I hated sales. I hated cold calling. I thought it was dumb. Um, And he taught me ways to do it ethically with integrity that aren't skeezy and gross, Um, So I could actually feel good about doing that. And then he would be like 50 cold calls today. And I'm like, (sighs) and then he would be sitting there and waiting for me to be done. And I was like, fine, I'm going to do this. Let's ready, go. (laughs) Uh, and, And you can pull yourself to that level, especially when you have somebody there to support you if something horrible goes wrong. And also to you know, make sure you got it done. Like even this, it's funny because I don't know if you know this guy. I just hired a trainer. Uh, I have a photo shoot in 30 days and I'm like, I want to lose as much weight in 30 days. These photos are going to be awesome. He has me working out two hours a day. I'm eating like ketosis. I'm like, 
if I didn't hire him, there's no way in heck I would push it this hard. But the way that he runs his rules are if I mess up three times, he just keeps all my money. <laughs> and apparently that's what I need in order to go all in. So uh, while as crazy as it is, I've made a commitment and I'm willing to sort of do whatever it takes. So having that person there, keeping you accountable, knowing if something happens uh, that goes wrong, you can really go to is you know, grows you way faster than you ever trying to do it on your own. And I am all about faster and better and more efficient. I like that business model. It's a success <laughs> either way. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. For him, he's like, you're going to succeed or, you know, or I succeed one. <laughs> yeah. It's the best model. I, maybe I should do that as a coach. Right? I know. No, no, no. no. Backstory. Uh, Jamie's, uh, Jamie's helped me a ton. She's been my coach for the last uh, little while here. So, yeah, no, you shouldn't do that. Shouldn't do that. <laughs> okay, I'll do it for everyone after you, Scott. Okay, All right, I'm good. there with Starting you. Starting no. <laughs> now. Although I think I'd probably be okay now. I don't know. Oh, heck yeah. You're achieving like crazy. I love it. The, Scott's, uh, Scott's so, okay. So everybody, just okay. so you know, this is coming from the coach that knows and loves him. He is such an overachiever and is willing to do exactly what it takes and cares so much. I give him a challenge and he's like, done. <laughs> like, you're the best client ever. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you. I got nothing to nothing to follow. <laughs> I'm sitting here holding on your book. So you're I had not something. great with compliments. I'm that's not great good. with no, compliments. <laughs> no, we'll work on that. We'll work on that. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I can I can take care of action items like nobody's business. Somebody throws me a compliment. Oh, totally disarm me. Good. We're gonna work on that. We'll, we'll okay. <laughs> That'll be in the action items. I. I we're, we're starting to run out of time here. And there was one other thing that I really wanted to ask you about before we wrap up and you, your business as it looks now is drastically different than where it started. Yes. And I know that we've got people that are out there listening to this that want to start a business. I'm like pounding on the desk as I'm talking to them. They want to start a business. I'm passionate. And, yeah. And you know, they, they have a number of things that'll stop them along the way. But, but I'm curious if you can give people uh, an idea for how your business has evolved because people look at yours now and they're like, oh my goodness, like how is this thing? But it's been over a period of years. Yeah, many years. So yeah. this, and at first start? it sucked. So don't worry if it sucks, that's normal. Um, so, so let me paint a picture of uh, sort of the life because I didn't, I didn't know, not that I didn't know it was possible because like there are people that did this before. Um, but my vision was smaller at the beginning than I, it should have been. And, and I, we sort of have to preach this nowadays, unfortunately, that uh, you don't know what you're capable of until you start down that path. And you're like, oh my gosh, things actually open up as I achieve. Because I wasn't totally sure about my capabilities. And that's normal and fine. Uh, but if I could paint a picture now, um, and it's funny because uh, I'll, I'll say it in this context. So I have I have quite a few employees, well, four employees, um, and one of them flew here uh, yesterday. Um, so she's here for four or five days. Uh, she's downstairs right now working. Um, but being able to have an amazing team of people like she adores what we do. She was a listener beforehand, by the way. Uh, so she walked into my office and she goes, this is where the magic happens. And I was like, 
That's so funny. Um, but I have, uh, I'm able to do the work. I'm able to make a ridiculous amount of money. Also, I charge $1,000 an hour for coaching now, uh, which way back when I didn't even, my mentor tried to get me to charge $150 an hour. And I was scared. I was like, can I give them a discount? Because I don't think I'm worth it. Um, so not only self-confidence, but I know what I do for my clients now also. Uh, we have group programs. We have six-figure mastermind. We have so many different programs that help so many people. I get, and I was telling Keegan, this is my employee, this, I get random gifts in the mail from people that just love me. And it's like, I've never met them before. And I was showing her the mass amounts of random gifts that I get, right? You, you can touch so many people without, with, with sitting behind your, your computer. And not that I, I don't work hard, because I definitely do. Um, but with the technology and the lives we live now, my network I mean, I've interviewed over 300 millionaires. I'm able to have the most fantastic friends, mentors. I have a board of mentors of amazing people. Um, I have a personal assistant that does all my cooking and cleaning and everything, which for all the moms out there, uh, totally worth its weight in gold. Thank you very much. I don't have to worry about all of those uh, little things. I can do the stuff that really makes me excited about in life. Like even taking time to meditate. When my kids were young, I never had a chance to. And Scott, you know, I talk about this a lot, but being able to take and do the stuff that you actually like doing and do more of that and do less of the stuff that you don't like and have the, the money as a choice to be able to make those choices. Um, it's just, I don't know. I couldn't, ha I couldn't have imagined how awesome it would be. Um, and I can only imagine what more can be also. Does that make sense? It does. Good. I just want people to know that the, the dream, because I feel like a lot of people sell the dream and they're like, oh my gosh, it's going to be amazing. And then when people are in the first two years of business or like trying to figure it out, it feels so slow and crappy. And if I can give one piece of advice, because I work with people all the time and I, and I felt the same way, so I can't say anything, um, is to have patience and to be okay where you are. It's just a different part of the journey. And I really, really wish I enjoyed my time not knowing more. I hated the uncertainty of it. And that's why I was like anxious about it. But it's kind of fun to be in a spot where you can go, hmm, what's my life going to look like? And you can actually dream a little and you can, you can test things and you can see what you like. And I, and I looked at it not negatively, but I was like, I just want to figure this out so I can keep moving forward. This sucks. Um, and then when I did think that I figured it out, I was unsure the whole time. Like, I don't know if this is for me. This isn't going as fast as I wanted to. This isn't working as well. Um, and just having that patience and knowing that eventually it all works out. In 10 years from now, you will have this figured out or your skill sets will be uh, very different, right? Because 10 years of learning is a lot if you actually pay attention to that. But just like relax a little bit and ease into the process because, I mean, Scott, you went through it. I went through it. So many people have gone through it before. Um, and it's a process and you unfortunately can't skip from A to Z, you just can't. You have to go through all of the letters, even when you're like, B sucks, C sucks, D sucks, right? As you're going through, just remember that Z still exists, even if you can't see it right now. Yeah, I'm not particularly fond of Q. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thank you so very much for taking the time, making the time, uh, letting me reschedule with you because, uh, I don't know, couldn't make couldn't make technology work for us that day. But uh, I, I really appreciate it. And 
if you haven't already been over there, and I actually do know part of the reason I wanted to get you on our show is I, I do know that we have a lot of listeners that have listened to your show already. Oh, but if awesome. you haven't, go check it out. It is The Eventual Millionaire. She's got a book by the same name. And, you know, for anybody that's interested in connecting with you, what is the best way to do that? Is that the website? Is that, uh, you know, showing up at your house and looking at your artwork? What does that, what does that, <laughs> what does that look I like? I have kind you? of weirdo stalkers, so probably don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> So, so definitely the website, um, email me, uh, the contact form goes to my executive assistant, but if you say, send this to Jamie, uh, uh, she'll send it on, uh, straight to me or you can add, well, actually I think I hit 5,000 friends on Facebook, so I can't say that anymore. Um, but yeah, feel free to, to subscribe to the podcast, shoot me an email, let me know how things are going. Cause again, I can totally empathize in general and the book actually really in general, I work with business owners that are already, you know, know what their business is, but the book really goes into my story and how to figure out if you do want to start a business, what are those steps that millionaires have taken to figure out what their business is that they want? It also has worksheets and stuff like that on how to find your mentor. And actually you can get it. Um, you can get all the worksheets in the book, even without buying the book. If you go to the eventual millionaire.com, um, so it's got a worksheet and templates on like how to email to get a mentor, how to start a mastermind group and stuff like that too. You guys just put out a post too, um, that the mastermind one me about, no, I was thinking of the one that, uh, how to, how to, how to put together your business idea and how to oh yes solidify. That wasn't that long ago, right? I'm not, no, no, that right? was, that was very, very recent. Um, I will link that up in here too. That way people have do, that as a resource. Do you know why we did that, Scott? Because we get so many people that haven't started um, a, a business yet. And so they can't buy any of my programs. So what we do is we send them that link and then we send them the link to your show and your site. And then we... <laughs> So like better. Scott will take care of you. I don't teach like <laughs> brand new starting unless you become a one-on-one client, which you need to have enough money in order to do that. Uh, so in general, we just send them all to you, Scott. So there we go. We'll, we'll trade. We, we've come full circle then. Go to, go, to, go to Jamie's site and then come back and visit mine, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Scott is the man. I know if you're already listening to this, then of course you know that. Uh, but yes, I highly recommend him also. Hey, I, I really appreciate you taking the time, making the time. This has been a lot of fun. And I think I'll be in Austin in September. So Yay. I'll come check out your artwork then, I guess. Yay. You'll be like, this sucks. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, you can come in the pool, though, next time. September will still be ooh, hot. Ooh, perfect. perfect. Yes, perfect bathing suit. Awesome. Is your wife and kids coming, too? I don't know yet. I don't know okay. yet. Okay. Let me know if they do, because I'll make sure that the kiddos are here. They can all go play. Okay. That would be sweet. <laughs> Insider information on Insider the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. Thanks so much, Scott. I appreciate it. Hey, are you ready to create a life by doing work that you love? If you still need help figuring out what you want to do next, check out our free eight-day course to help you figure out what fits you and get started going down that path because the sooner you start, the sooner you're going to get there. All you have to do is text HAPPEN, H-A-P-P-E-N, to 44222. That's HAPPEN, H-A-P-P-E-N. Just text that word right over to 44222. Pause right now and if you haven't already, join that to join that eight-day course. Or you can go over to figureitout.co. That's figureitout.co. We'll see you over there. And speaking of figuring out what you should be doing for work, 
and a life that you absolutely love. We've got a whole bunch more on that exact topic next week on the Happen to Your Career podcast. Check it out. As a salesman, I was traveling to different cities and not really enjoying just being on the road by myself, kind of depressed, struggling with all these questions. And I just, I sat in this motel room and I'm like, I just got to start writing about this. I, I got to start figuring out what are these questions? What am I going through? And so really it started with the struggle and me just trying to define the struggle figure out what the struggle even was. And then what did I do about it? All right, next week, when you come back to Happen to Your Career, you'll get to hear in a pretty amazing conversation with my friend, Paul Angoni, where we talk about how to figure out what it is that you should be doing and what you want your own story to look like and exactly how to shape that. But it starts with understanding where you want to go. Okay, all that and plenty more next week on Happen to Your Career. We will see you then. By the way, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. I sincerely appreciate it and just want you to know that I appreciate you. And if there's anything that we can do, don't hesitate to, to reach out. Contact myself or anybody on the team and we'd love the opportunity to help you make it happen. All right, we'll see you next week. Adios, I'm out. Mm-hmm.